grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How likely are you to trust in someone? Suppose you are a little child and your parent says they're going to do something. You probably will have a close to, if not exactly, 100% trust in them because that's what little kids do. They believe everything their parents say, at least until they later find out how even their parents are regular people who can't always keep their promises. Say you're a customer and you're searching for a used car, and the salesperson comes up to you talking to you about how good and great the model is that you are looking at. How likely are you to trust the used car salesperson? Probably not that much. Because if they can make a lemon seem like a real steal, well, how do you know if they're saying the truth out of anything else? Maybe you're already starting to get wrapped up in the potential presidential candidates that we'll be having here. And you certainly know how there can be a polarizing difference of trust in the exact same person compared to the person that's just a few houses down from you because of party affiliation or personal experiences. Your trust is radically different. In many ways, when we look to trust in somebody, it comes down to one of two different things either to their dependability of their track record or of how realistic their promises are to be kept in the first place. If either one is lacking, well then so is the trust in that person for whatever they have promised you to do. How about God? How would you rate your trust in God? Is it like a little child's near 100% trust in their parent? Is it the customer's lack of trust in a used car, stereotypical used car salesperson? Is it like a voter whose trust, it changes? It depends on what the promise is and what else is happening at the given time? As we look at our verses this morning from 1 Kings chapter 17, we see the prophet Elijah, who has a complete trust in the Lord and his impossible promises to him, specifically to provide for him. As Christians, we can have that same trust in God just as he did so long ago because we have the same Lord and who he was for Elijah is who he is for us today. And as we continue to define who a Christian is and what they do, we learn that a Christian trusts in God to provide. For he promises so and he does so. Our verses open up on prophet Elijah talking to Ahab, the unfaithful ruler of the northern kingdom of Israel. Ahab was just one of many evil kings that they had had, but he stood out among, he stood out above all of his predecessors. Not only did he force the idolatrous worship of Baal upon many of his people, but he systematically sought and killed prophets and teachers of the one true God. Just as Ahab's heart has strayed far away from the Lord, so it was for the people that he led. And by and large, at least for the northern kingdom of Israel, the people had abandoned God for idols such as Baal, being one of the most popular ones. So the Lord has Elijah speak a message to Ahab and in result to the Israelites. A drought is coming. 
a drought that you have never seen before. For three and a half years, not a drop of rain will fall from the skies, nor dew form on the ground in the morning, unless Elijah says so otherwise. It's going to be bone dry. Your crops are not going to last, and you're going to go through some hard times ahead of you. This drought was a big deal for the nation of Israel. First of all, it was a slap in the lifeless face of Baal to show just how pointless and powerless he was. As the supposed God of fertility and rain, he should have power over these things. And to have a three and a half year drought, well, that shows just how not Baal is, how true or how fake he is, how he does not exist in real life. But this drought was also a call of repentance for the nation of Israel. By and large, they had abandoned God. And with his drought, he was getting their attention in one fell swoop. So that prayerfully, they would realize the error of their ways. They would confess their sins and then trust in God's ready promise to forgive them all over again. Once Elijah gave this message to Ahab, it was then that he received the new instructions from the Lord. Go to Kareth Ravine. Well, I will provide for you. The Lord would provide for Elijah's safety because soon Ahab would be gunning for his head. See, Ahab would judge or consider that Elijah was the one to blame for all the drought, for all the problems going on. And knowing that it wouldn't end until Elijah said otherwise, you can imagine just how angrily, how desperately Ahab was looking for Elijah to end that drought. In many ways, Elijah became public enemy number one. And the Kareth Ravine was a really good place to hide from a murderous king. It was across the Jordan and just outside of Ahab's domain. It was also located in an area of the country that you wouldn't go trekking in normally. It was rather rugged, known for its dense forests, and also rather desolate. Nobody lives out here, and nobody's going to accidentally find Elijah until Ahab were to go looking for him. Elijah would be safe from Ahab. It's also in the Kareth Ravine that the Lord had promised to provide for his bodily needs with clean water to drink from the stream that ran through the ravine. And Elijah would even have his own food delivery system. Yes, we may have Grubhub and DoorDash today, but Elijah had ravens. Ravens who would bring his breakfast and dinner every day as the Lord commanded them. Suppose you were Elijah, and you just heard how the Lord will provide for your safety and your bodily needs by the Kareth Ravine. Do you trust in him? Sure, the Kareth Ravine may be off the beaten path, but it just takes one person to find you, and it's all over. And you know how much Ahab's going to be looking for you. Besides, if he doesn't find you in his kingdom, won't he look elsewhere? Why not to a place that's just over the Jordan River? Can God really guarantee your safety? The stream that ran through the Kareth Ravine, Elijah knew that it was one of those streams that is dependent on the seasonal rains and the daily dew. If there's a drought on the land, this stream is going to dry up. What's he going to drink then? What will God do then? And, and ravens bring in Elijah his food? Birds don't do that. Ravens, especially scavenger birds who search around but for themselves. They don't bring food to people. 
And it's not like they're bringing a Costco-sized food or meal to him either with leftovers of spirit just in case their ravens don't come a day. No, it's just enough what he needed for that morning, for that evening. It was his daily bread. But what would Elijah do if those ravens wouldn't provide for him? How long could he last before he had to leave the Kirith Ravine in search of food? There are many ways Elijah could have doubted the Lord's promise to provide. And yet we don't need to suppose that we are Elijah to see how we can do the same. We can look at God's promise to us and just look at life around us. We hear God's promise to provide for our every bodily need in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, So do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's God's promise. He'll make sure you have what you need for life itself. But when inflation eats away at your purchasing power, when health problems knock you down and insurance is not cooperating, when the struggles of life make it hard just to even crack an honest smile, let alone to be, have a, a positive outlook on life ahead of you, will you trust in God to provide? Or will you doubt him and what he's promised you? It's in those doubts that we trust in the Lord even more so. Because not only has he promised to take care of our every need, he will certainly do so as well. And to see how true that is, just look to how he provided for Elijah's needs by the Kareth Ravine. Ahab never found him. He was kept safe from his murderous rage. And he had all the water he could drink from that stream that was clean and safe to drink as well. And ravens who came every morning and evening, bringing him the food he needed to eat. Now our verses stop there, but we also see how the Lord continued to provide for Elijah in the verses that follow afterwards. Eventually that stream did dry up. It was fed by, fed by the rains. And then God had Elijah go to somewhere else to the town of Zarephath, far away under Ahab's radar, providing for his bodily needs with a widow's bottomless jug of oil and jar of flour. Eventually, God then had Elijah face off against Ahab and 850 other false prophets at Mount Carmel where they had a big old showdown to say, whose God is the true God? And is in that showdown. The Lord not just kept Elijah safe before Ahab himself, but also provided for everybody's food and drink with the return of rain and dew to end that drought after three and a half long years. Just as the Lord provided for Elijah, so he will do according to his promises to us, even if we doubt the very thing that he has said he is going to do. Here again, what the Lord has promised you specifically in Matthew chapter 6. So do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We know our Lord indeed does this on a daily basis through natural, regular ways. Our paycheck, when we go to the store and we check out, 
our government to help those who cannot help themselves with at least the bare necessities of life. For many of us, our friends and family that we can lean on in times of need, these are all ultimately from our Lord and how he takes care of us in very regular sounding ways. And while we don't expect God to act outside of these natural, regular ways to provide for us, he certainly can do so through miracles if he so chooses. We heard two already this morning. Like when Jesus fed more than 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Or with Elijah and those ravens who brought him his breakfast and dinner every day. One way or another, the Lord will do what he has promised to provide for your needs your safety, and what you need to keep on chugging in life. Because our Lord, he has a perfect track record with every one of his promises. And not just what we talked about so far, providing for our physical life, but everything is promise. Including his promise to provide for our spiritual needs. It was in our second reading where we heard how our loving God has chosen us to be his adopted children through faith. But in addition to that, to what we have through Christ and what is ours because of him. Listen from Ephesians chapter 1. In Jesus, we also have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in keeping with the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. It's here we learn how God has provided for our greatest need of all, how to get right with God and how to live forever in heaven. And what is that answer? It's Jesus, who died on the cross to take our sins away, to wash us clean of every wrong. And God gives that answer. He gives that redemption to us through that faith. And as long as we have that faith, he keeps it in full measure so that there is no question about where we will spend our happily ever after. It's where the Bible says with God in heaven, and all the joys of heaven as well. You've heard how God has promised to do, to take care of you, and how he will certainly do so. And so trust in God to provide. As he has promised, so he will do. He's not like a, a parent who tries their best or a used car salesman that maybe is telling the truth or a political candidate that you honestly don't know how truthful they're being or not. He's better than anybody. For God, it's a perfect track record. And nothing is impossible with him. He can do everything. And what has he promised you? To provide for you in so many ways. If you need any encouragement to trust God to provide, just look at Elijah by the Kareth ravine and see what he did for him there. You have the same God, and he will take care of you. Look at the cross and see what your Savior did for you, who died on it so that heaven can be yours, and know that this is now yours in full measure, and it will never be taken away. So that all you can do is conclude with the Apostle Paul, as he wondrously says in Romans chapter 8, what then will we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things along with him? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor rulers, neither things present nor things to come, nor powerful forces, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's your Lord's promise to you. So trust in God to provide. He promises so and he certainly will do so. Amen.